All right. Hey, gang. I'm Brian Morgan. Um, we have been married for 18 years. Uh, this is what we looked like on January 5th, 2002. So I was at the ripe old age of 22, and Morgan was 21 at the time. And so that's a little over 18 years ago uh, to date us. And then this is what's happened in the last 12 years. All of them showed up. Uh, <laughs> So our oldest is 11, and then down to the little troublemaker, the three-year-old, Brinley. So uh, it's a blast to have that crew, and uh, we're just so thankful to be here with you guys tonight, just to get to share exactly what Susan just said, which is uh, to share about our story uh, of the last 18 years and just how Christ is the hero of it. I mean, that, that is... That is the truth. And so um, I'll just jump right in, just a little bit about the family that I grew up in, so it'll give you some context for some things later on. But uh, I grew up, uh, family was, my mom was single. Uh, My dad had died when I was uh, really little. And so she tried to kind of put some marriages together over some some years. And so there were a bunch of marriages and divorces. And so just some some brokenness all kind of throughout my life. childhood, uh, but by and large grew up in a, in a good home where she loved us. She you know, raised my sister and I uh, with love and um, took us to church, but there was really no discipleship in our home. Um, she was, a, I would say, just a hardworking, strong woman, strong personality, um, and so that uh, informed some things later on as I came into marriage, but uh, largely entered marriage with no uh, no kind of healthy model, if you will, of, of having seen anything from my childhood. Yeah, and um, so for me, I grew up in Plano. Um, we were a Christian home. We went to church almost every Sunday, unless we couldn't find parking, and then we just went home. Um, no, True. but uh, I remember my house getting really tense in my preteen years, um, and you know, uh, they ended up divorcing when I was fifteen. But I remember even in that age, feeling um, you know, hearing their conflict. And just thinking as a child going, the best quality anybody could have is the ability to say, I'm sorry. Why can't you just say you're sorry? And uh, I just had a lot of resentment in my heart over the way my mom talked to my dad. Um, Nobody worked through conflict. You know, years later, I would come to understand she just had so much resentment and bitterness over things that she didn't know how to communicate. And so it would just come out in nasty remarks. Um, And I um, I remember wishing I could see my parents kiss. Like, I just thinking, you know, I didn't want to see a make out, but I just remember just even like just a simple like peck on the cheek, you know, I wanted just some affirmation that there was still some affection between them, you know, never saw that in divorce when I was 15. Um, and that's, was sort of my model. Yeah. You want to go into that? Oh yeah. Sorry. So, um, but anyway, uh, became a, I decided I am all into this Jesus thing when I was 18. Um, it was right after I graduated from high school. And the church we grew up at was, um, it it did lay lay a strong foundation. I knew I started reading my Bible really young, praying. I knew God was real and that he was the one to call on. And so when I went all in at 18, um, never, never looked back for a second. And, um, we both, and Brian had given his life over at 16. And so we both came in as really at the time we were as Brian wanted to be a pastor at the time, you know, we were 
all about Jesus. And we wanted a great marriage that honored Christ first and foremost. Um, we just had no idea what that was supposed to look like. Yeah, exactly. It was like, we're going to, you know, but when it real, when the rubber really hits the road, we had no tools. We had no, we were not equipped whatsoever to deal with, um, to deal with the bumps that every marriage faces. It's interesting. We, thinking back, we both have these quotes that we've just remembered prior to getting married. And so uh, the quote that you remember oh, me yeah. saying was what? But I remember I, uh, I asked him, there was a youth pastor that was really influential in his life. And I just said, so do you, do you talk to him about marriage stuff? And he goes, um, this is before we were married. And he said, no, because I decided a long time ago not to take marriage advice from someone who does not have a good marriage. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so wise. You're so wise. <laughs> and he probably wasn't giving us God, God's word. I don't know. But um, I remember Morgan telling me before we got married, okay, I'm going to want to wear the pants, but don't let me or I'll resent you for it. Okay. And so that just stayed with me all these years. And, and there were some years in there where that was more of a, of a struggle and tension there and conflict over that. Um, just, yeah, the, the proverbial pants of who is leading this relationship and so kind of getting into our early struggles, really, is, I'll spend a couple minutes on this, from kind of 2002 to 2008, um, could kind of all be put under the umbrella of uh, struggles that were caused by my passivity. Uh, I just, I, I wanted to do the right thing. Um, as we've said, I'd, we were both kind of ill-equipped, didn't feel like we had the tools to do it. Um, but I, I was just passive, I did not know what it meant to lead in our relationship. And so that affected everything, as you would imagine. Okay? Certainly the, the big buckets uh, for us where it, it you know, probably had the biggest impact was just sex. So just you know, particularly communication around sex. So early in our marriage, I mean, I, I just I had no idea how to approach conversations with her so that we could get on the same page about just oneness and intimacy and, and what we both wanted. And, and so that just caused hurt and frustration um, just by me kind of having the ostrich mentality of like, I'm just going to go stick my head in the sand over here and just hope that it all works itself out. Um, that Did was it. not an effective method. Don't do that. That was really passive. Um, another area was just finances. And so Morgan's really smart, UT, like finance major. And so she came out, she like, she loves Excel and spreadsheets. And I'm like, sweet, you can do our finances. And that put just pressure on her in a way that was just not healthy. And, and it really enabled me and allowed me to be passive in that area of just our financial stewardship as a newly married couple. And then on into six, seven years into marriage where I was just allowing her to kind of lead in that area and, and not... Uh, just being intentional to, to lead in it myself. And so um, I would buy things that I wanted, you know, it's like, hey, let's get that giant screen TV for us, you know, and um, just, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then she's got to try to figure out how to make it work in the budget, you know, and so um, just really, really passive, bad leadership. Uh, and then drawing boundaries with parents. So we were near our parents. I grew up in Richardson. Morgan, like she said, grew up in Plano. And so our parents were close by. And so there's just that tension of like, how often do we see them? And family dinners over here, or over there, and holidays, of course. Now we're being pulled in all sorts of directions. And so all you guys have experienced that. Um, and I just had no idea like, okay, hey, as the, as the man of this relationship, I should be leading and, and helping 
first of getting us on the same page for what do we want, what's, what's the best thing for our marriage, and then me taking the lead to communicate those things to both my mom and as well as even her dad. And so, um, again, just an area where I, I whiffed. I was passive and, and did not do that well. Uh, resolving conflict, as you'd imagine, we just didn't do it. Um, I was, if, we, if you've heard of the weenie, I was the W, I was, I was the withdrawer, just I'm gonna go stick my head in the sand and I'm not gonna deal with this, it's eventually gonna blow over. And so, um, you know, that doesn't go well when you do that. Um, a verse that I love now that I wish I knew then uh, because it's just, it's such an action verse and Todd quotes it and, you know, I probably paid more attention to it when I got to Watermark. I'm sure I had read it at some point prior to coming here in 05 to 08, but um, Todd, Todd quotes and I love it. First Corinthians 16, 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And so there's just a, a strength there. There's a, there's a leadership there. There's an intentionality there that just goes completely against all the passivity that marked me uh, largely in all those first years of our marriage. And so Morgan's response to my yeah. really bad passive leadership was? Uh, escalate. You know, it was the E. Um, and so I, the way I would handle it was... You know, we would argue and fight about it. And then he, Brian was not an escalator. So I never felt like our fights got like really too bad. I mean, I remember one time he just was like, hey, come sit by me. And I'm like, but, but I'm mad at you. No, I don't, we don't do that. Now we're going to fight, you know? So he did never really escalated, but so that would turn off. And uh, for me, it would turn into like just email. It's funny when we think like we used to email each other, you know, but we did, I would just send nasty emails when I was really frustrated um, or text messages um, and uh, that's how it would all just spout out um, with me. And um, I remember one time, this story, um, I was moving us by myself. This is part of the problem. It's probably our lowest point. And I'm moving out of a house that we had rented out in Richardson. Pause. Men, don't ever let your wife move you by herself. <laughs> terrible, terrible leadership. I don't um, even know what, what was happening or what uh, I was thinking. You're but, out of town. Yeah. yeah. And then, so anyway, I was so, I, you know, I wasn't sleeping very well. It was terrible. And I was on the, and I was having a garage sale and I was selling a ton of books and a lot of them, a lot of them were Christian books. And uh, I was on the phone while people were coming in and out. And I remember I was just bad mouthing him to my mom and, you know, and then he's not here and then he's going to go golfing and oh, I'm just doing it all by myself, you know? And I remember this, this one man, after I got the phone, he goes, so are, are you a Christian? And I said, oh yeah, I am. And he said, well, then why were you talking like that on the phone? And I'm like, I bet he goes to Watermark. This is before Watermark days, but I was like, I bet he's a Watermark. Anyway, but I just, I mean, that was like, I mean, talk about shame and embarrassment. I'm like, yeah, completely. And so yeah. anyway, that was just, but that was kind of how I handled it. So we first came to Watermark over in Lake Highlands in 2004 and kind of tasted a little bit of like, well, there's something different going on here. We had seen life change in some friends and, and that was different. And so we started uh, showing up over there. And then I had a job offer in L- LA um, that we eventually decided that we would take. And so we moved there from 2005 to 2008. And uh, we didn't have any kids at the time. We just thought, hey, this is, you know, let's go be wild and crazy and, and you know, be faithful in L.A. But, uh, you know, at the same time, thought maybe this is going to be healthy for us to get a little bit more, like, uh, distance from our folks and still just really not knowing how to communicate and lead well through, through that situation. But um, 2005 to 2008, also known as the hardest years of our marriage, um, that was the low point. Um, 
I took a job that required a lot of travel, uh, way more than I, I thought or, or knew when I took it. Um, and then on the, the weekends when I was in town, I was playing golf with my boss and other guys that I worked with. And so I, I was just, I was absent. Uh, again, really passive, really bad leadership. Um, there were some believers around us out there that were trying to encourage us and, you know, kind of gave us a little bit of a taste of community out there. But um, yeah, the low point was just 2006 where, you know, just my bad choices really led Morgan to a place of just feeling really isolated, um, depressed, and where we just were really, I think, for the first time looking at each other going, okay, is this what we want? Is this what God has for us? Is this the life that, that we dreamed of together? And it, and it wasn't. Um, it, was, it was really far from it. And so there was a decision point. There was a decision that had to be made. And so I looked at this uh, great job opportunity and kind of what the years ahead could potentially be there. And I looked at my hurting, isolated wife and, and just seeing the brokenness that, and the hurt that I'd caused already in our, our early years of marriage. And I just, I knew a decision had to be made. God, in his grace, did not let me get too far and didn't let us get too far down the road um, before I just was able to say, you know what? I choose you. <laughs> I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to honor God here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forsake the job. If, if this is the job, I don't want the job. I want to make sure that, that I keep this. I want to I make sure that we move back toward oneness and back toward what God had intended for us from the very beginning. And so um, made that uh, decision in, in uh, 2007. And then uh, we just said, you know what? Let's go back to Dallas. Let's really jump back into Watermark, which we hadn't uh, fully done in 2004 when we were here. And so we just knew enough that we wanted more. We had tasted it. We were like, okay, hey, we think there's something going on there. Even from, you know, 2,000 miles away in LA that we were hearing stories still of how Watermark was growing people's hearts for Christ and, and impacting the city and lives were being changed. We we're like, let's go get some of that. And so in late 07, early 08, we made that decision. We moved back here and jumped all in. And so uh, started in a community group for the first time in uh, 2008, became members and that's really the turning point for just our relationship because for the first time I could look around and see men that uh, were leading well and were also just, uh, you know, uh, organizing and prioritizing their lives in ways that they were really invested here. And so they were, they were um, spending time certainly in their careers, but then they were giving time extra hours in ministry here, and then they were leading their children and, and leading their wives well. And I'm like, I, I just had never seen that before. I hadn't, didn't have a category for it. And so just began to set my eyes on, on uh, guys, kind of how uh, Hebrews 13, 7 tells us, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And so I looked at our elders and, and just said, hey, Kate, we're supposed to imitate these guys as they follow Christ. And I, I started to do that. And I got to know some of them and I got to know just other uh, leaders around here, lay leaders and staff leaders, and just said, okay, who are the men that are, are following hard after Christ? I want to get around these men as much as I can because I need it. I want to grow. I, I'm, I'm not uh, content with being the passive leader that I once was, and I want to be different. And so Proverbs thirteen twenty is true for all of us guys. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 
It is true. Believe it. Who you put yourself around consistently is going to have a huge impact in the health of your marriage. All right. Getting us to present day. Okay. Things we said yes to. Yeah, so when we just jumped in, we, we served in Merge. We led two foundation groups, which helped us. You know, as we're walking these other couples, you know, when you um, serve in these areas, you are being served. You know, the Bible says, he who waters will himself be watered. And that was so true. And that was so helpful to us. So we just jumped right in. And, and the community group, um, you know, one thing with my, the way I would talk to him, you know, just an email and text. And one thing I, I missed out here was, there's no way I could bring that to the girls, you know, in my group. And they'd be like, really? You know, so I had accountability for the first time. Um, and I was watching women handle it well. And uh, the verse I would wish I had known back then was let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Even when you're so mad, even when you're so frustrated, like there is no need ever to be nasty and disrespectful. And I didn't think that was a possibility ever. I just didn't think like, I thought with fights, you always get nasty and sarcastic, you know? Like you have the issue you're fighting about and then you have the horrible way that you're communicating about it too, which just adds to it, you know? And so, um, you know, when we had people around us shepherding us and then when we were watching people, just what he said, um, we just said, you know, we just said yes to every opportunity to dive in and learn because we're like, we want to know how to do this well. We're still learning today, you know? We're like, teach us, you know? So. Yeah, I remember uh, after we, we're part of the Plano team that kind of went up there five years ago. And one thing Kyle Kegler, who's the campus pastor up in Plano, said to me at the time or to a bunch of us, he just said, hey, guys, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to serve in different ways and to, to lead in different ways. And so, look, we're going to ask things of you that are uncomfortable, but I'm going to encourage you, just say yes unless you have a really good reason to say no. And if it's going to hurt your walk with Christ or hurt your marriage, which we probably not going to ask something that does that. So just say yes, because it's going to stretch you and grow you in ways that are uncomfortable in ways that God is trying to teach you how to depend on him. And it's going to continue to put you around his people, which has just been, it's kind of the secret sauce, if you will, for us in our, uh, just our health and our, our growth over in our marriage over the last 10 years is just being around the body of Christ constantly. And so, um, you know, as, you I was just going to say, like, no amount of nagging or cajoling on my part has done for him what other men do for him. And so, you know, one thing when I talked about, like, I want to wear the pants is just really realizing I don't have the control over him that I want, you know? And even when I hear myself trying to boss him around, tell me, what, you know, tell him what to do. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. And I see him just kind of shrink back. But the way he responds to male leadership, that's something that, I mean, all day long, I praise God for because man, that's out of my control. Lord, I have to like totally depend on you for that. Yeah. So uh, a couple of verses that have just been really impactful for me as I've learned to lead and what, what leading looks like in marriage. And so uh, Mark ten forty five says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Christ sets us this perfect example, the one who, um, if anyone deserves to be served, it's him. And yet he came not to be served. He came to serve and to give his life. And so just understanding that leading is serving and it's giving your life away. And we see that also in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, which is an amazing section of, of scripture about marriage and what it, what it should look like. And Paul says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her 
that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And so I realized that my job as a husband is to lay my life down for her. It's to, it's to give my life away, to help her thrive and flourish as the woman of God that he created her to be. And in the process, he's going to use it to grow me and help me to be the man that, that he made me to be. And so there's just something amazing uh, that happens there when, when the husband has that right mindset of serving and, and, and laying his life down for his family. Um, and, you know, the one thing to cl- kind of close this up, I know uh, that has so encouraged me just about my wife over the years is just, I know without a shadow of a doubt that she values her relationship with Christ and obeying him more than anything else. Like that brings a, such trust in our, into our relationship, um, but also just brings consistency, emotional consistency. It brings a, a steadiness so that the, the things that I'm facing or we're facing, that we're just, we're able to face them together because she's drawing from the source every single morning. She beats me out of bed. I'm a little bit ashamed to say she is a little bit more of a morning person than I am, but she's out of bed in her, in her Bible every morning really early. And so there's just a steadiness and a consistency there that is, that as a husband, man, it just makes me want to help her continue to flourish and to thrive as a Christ follower. And so um, I I would just encourage and exhort all of you in here, whether you're far from Christ or you are uh, just growing in Christ, close with Christ, wherever you are on that spectrum, just understand that your relationship with Christ is what matters, that is, that is what, will, what will have the most impact on whether you're going to have a healthy, thriving marriage or a, a marriage that's just marked by hurt and, and sin and dysfunction. And so nobody wants the latter. We all are aiming for the, for the former. And the only way you get it is to double down on your relationship with Christ, that you would be fully devoted with him. And so I'm going to finish with this quote um, J.C. Ryle said, It's just understanding how these are linked. Um, And he says, we're sadly apt to forget that there's a close connection between sin and sorrow, holiness and happiness, sanctification and consolation. God has so wisely ordered it that our well-being and well-doing are linked together. You get that? So the more that we devote ourselves to Christ and obeying him, devoting ourselves to him, prioritizing that relationship, the more all of the other things in our life begin to be ordered in a way uh, that reflect how they should, what they should look like. And it doesn't mean perfection by any means. We still struggle. There's still conflict. There's still sin. um, But there's a trajectory there that ultimately uh, is a blessing to us, hopefully the people around us, hopefully to our kids. Um, And then it's just, it's the life that God wants for us. And so we would just encourage and exhort you to it. Okay, let me pray for us. Father, um, I just give you all the glory because uh, there's just zero chance that we would be able to sit here and share about what you have done in us and through us um, over these last 18 years if it were left up to us. Uh, the, the family or origins that we came from where there was just hurt and dysfunction, uh, 
the baggage we brought into marriage, the, the lack of equipping that we had starting. I, I, I just, I can't imagine where we would be without you, without your grace. And so I know that is true for every couple in here, Lord, that your, um, your grace is big enough to, to continue to pull them back, that uh, wherever they are in their relationship, God, that you would just give them hope and remind them that you are at work if they would just listen to the word that you have and to apply it to their life, Lord, that we wouldn't be just mere, mere hearers, but that we'd be doers and that we continue to just avail ourselves to the, the wise counsel around us. So thank you for the folks that are here and I uh, just pray that uh, we'd honor you with the rest of our, ten, our, our night tonight. In Christ's name, amen.